You are now tuned in to the JXW. Hey, two things. We would love to share your testimony through Christ Jesus on the podcast. If you are interested, record your testimony and send it to our email at jpoeticsworld at gmail.com. Again, jpoeticsworld at gmail.com. Poetic spelled with an X, world spelled W-R-L-D. Also, want your voice heard on the podcast? Send us a voicemail using the first link below. Hey, thank you for supporting our ministry and enjoy today's episode. Love y'all. Peace. Whoever you had, remember that person older than you in life that they would tell you, go clean your room because you have disgusting darkness and dirty filth and absolutely stuff in your life that you cannot see. Actually, you operate within it thinking that you are going to go for greater, but you have all these things in your life that are pulling you down. It takes somebody who's outside of your position to say, go clean your room. I can clearly see that there's so much filth in your life that you will die if you don't go clean your room. Welcome back to the JXW podcast. I'm your host, Jay Poetics, and if you are new here at the JXW, we strive to help you pursue God, seek freedom, and acknowledge your God-given gifts. So do you remember as kids that your parents or your guardian or whoever whoever you lived with, right? And this was, uh, you, this was, we all felt this. I don't know what era, what generation you were from, but we all remember this moment where our parents or our guardians were so fed up with us that they just looked at her rooms or looked at wherever area we lived in and they said, go clean your room. And it went as far as you would get punished. Like, you would get punished, punished. You would have all your games taken away from you, all your toys. You would have stay-at-home order or what have you. You couldn't go out with your friends. Nothing until that room was spotless or until the house was spotless. Well, maybe that... Maybe now we're that we're older, that no longer happens anymore, but maybe it should. I just, with this episode, I want to submit to you that maybe we should bring that feeling back. <laughs> that maybe we should have that discipline back in our lives, right? So having a dirty room is obviously, it's not the right way to go. And our parents or our guardians were completely 100% right when they told us, they demanded us to clean our rooms. Maybe this is the same way in our lives today. Maybe now we need somebody to tell us to clean our rooms. Now, obviously, look, this is a mental health podcast. This is we like go through our psychosis of our minds and whatever that means, and we just pick apart our brains. So obviously, I'm not talking about your physical room. I'm not talking about your phys I'm not talking about your actual room. I don't know what state that room is in. Hey, if it needs to be cleaned after this episode, go clean your room. But for the essence of this podcast. I want to tell you that maybe, maybe we are the dirty room. Hey, maybe our brain needs to be cleaned. Maybe it needs to be scrubbed. Maybe it needs to be washed. You know, maybe there's some bleach products that needs to be used. Maybe we've neglected our brain and our mental and our, we've neglected ourselves so much and we've let ourselves drift. And we have no parent, guardian, anyone over us to tell us, clean your room. Today, I want to tell you to clean your room. 
and a mental aspect. Today, we're going to go through certain things of your life that has been dirty. And not only has it been dirty, or maybe it's things in your life that it continually gets dirty. Like every time you try to clean up that drama in your life, it just becomes more drama. Or every time you try to clean up that mistake, that honest mistake that you made a couple years ago, it just becomes greater and greater and it just balls up into more clothing on the floor. See, when we think about our childhood room, I want you to get a picture of your childhood room. This is going to go case by case, person to person, because everyone has lived in different conditions, different households, and different environments and cultures, right? But I just want you to picture your childhood room. The place that you woke up in and you brushed your teeth in the bathroom in the hallway and then you ran downstairs, got your breakfast ready, got ready to go to school, all of that. I want you to imagine that. Get a picture of what your room used to look like. Get a picture of the, the laundry basket over here of clothes that you were supposed to wash days ago. Get a picture of your desk and all the homework on the desk. Get a picture of that of, of that closet that had all your, your toys or all the, the gaming equipment or everything. Get a picture of your ceiling fan. Get a picture of your walls, the color of your walls. Maybe you had some design, intricate designs and stuff on your wall. Alright, you got that? Okay, now get a picture of every minute detail of that room that was less than favorable. Every, every dirt piled on the floor, all the dust bunnies under the bed. Get a picture of all the cobwebs in the, in the closet. Get a picture of all the ants in the summertime. Get a picture of all the minute things that just make that room dirty. Maybe the room might not be 100%. You might not be living in a junkyard, but at, at least, you know, there might be some cobwebs somewhere around there. You know, we we still live in life. You know, there might be some things tucked in somewhere. There might be some clothing under your bed. It's just the, something is dirty in that room. All right, so now let's transfer this to, to ourselves. I want you to get a picture of a mental childhood room. I want you to envision yourself as a kid right now. And I want you to build a framework of in your brain, what would your room, quote unquote, look like? Now, we, we have dreams. We have dreams. So I'm going to base it off our dreams. Envision, so we can get a picture. Envision your most expressive, visual, that dream that just captivated you. And you could never forget it. And that's our framework for today. In that dream, because it's very specific to you, what were the minute details? Because our dreams, they tell us a lot about ourselves. Actually, God uses dreams and visions, and he gives us dreams and visions. God does so many things, and we, we're not even like aware of the things that God does, but God does so many things. Actually, let me tell you a story. So for me personally, I've had a lot 
of opportunities to see the power of God influenced in my dreams. So when I was going through my spiritual division of 2021, all throughout the year 2021 into 2022 and like half of 2022, I had vivid, I mean vivid dreams. God was literally showing me the future. And if you don't believe me, hey, you can email me, you can DM me on Instagram, and I will literally show you. I have them written down. I have them written down. I wrote the dates. God showed me about 14 dreams, prophetic dreams, right? And in these dreams... I wrote the dreams down thinking it was absolutely nothing. It's just a dream. It's just a figment of my imagination. It's nothing. And then I literally saw those dreams come to pass. And I'm like, yo, there's no way. It's like deja vu. So when I tell you that God uses dreams, when I tell you that God uses our unconscious self to maybe be a calling card of ourselves, then I want you to imagine what your mental room would look like. What that dream would look like. Obviously, you can imagine your physical room. You lived in it for about however old you are, you know? But to picture our mental room, that's, that, that might be a little harder. Because the thing about it is, we can't picture our mental room because there are many things that we have blocked out of our mental room. There are many things of our lives, traumas, mistakes, mishaps. There's many things of our lives that's gone on on a mental level that we have completely blocked off. We're not dealing with that anymore. We completely shut it off. We erase it. Literally, we take a a pencil eraser and erase it. So this is why I want you to have a picture, to have a picture. What are the things that you are blocking off? That were present realities in your life. But since they were so traumatic, you just said, I'm not doing it. So let's get back to the main point. Okay, so we've already envisioned our natural houses, our natural rooms, the places that we grew up in, right? But now let's envision our mental rooms. I hope that you have constructed a picture of what your mental room would look like. Right. So if you have constructed a picture of what your mental room would look like, I want you to focus in just like the physical room. I want you to focus in on all the minute details that make that mental room less than favorable. So instead of cobwebs, let's let's put in place names that you've been called and bullied by. (laughs) by. I want you to put in place the stack of clothing that's on the floor that might be in your natural room. I want you to put their traumas. If there's no traumas in your life, well then cool. Praise God. But if you've had traumas in your life, I want you to envision a pile of trauma. Right? And get a picture of the cobwebs, the dust bunnies, the things under the bed. You see... It is so very easy to remember our childhood houses, rooms, because we grew up there physically. But it's not so easy to remember our childhood mental rooms. Because, yeah, true, we grew up there. Yeah, true, we endured the trauma. Yeah, true, we went through the things that we went through. 
But we love to call the cobwebs. We love to say that they're not there. We love to hide the pile of clothing that might be trauma. We love to say uh, that that's not a pile of clothing. That's actually a pile of clean clothing. And I was about to fold them and neatly put them in the drawer. We love to clean. We love to clean. We love to clean or at least envision that our mental room is clean. And this is why this episode is called Clean Your Room. Because I'm not telling you to go clean your room naturally. I, I'm more so encouraging you to go clean your room mentally. And you were to say, my room is already clean mentally. Well, this is the point. Hey, you might think that your room is already clean mentally. You know? You see, and this is especially with Christians, right? So <laughs> this is going to step on a lot of Christians' toes here. But often in reality, we go through life as if we are absolutely perfect. There's nothing going on with us. Absolutely everything's 100%. Okay, it's fine. Yo, I'm beautiful right now. I feel amazing right now. Blessed and highly favored. Oh, God is good. And we walk up to people saying God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And when people confront us and say, how you doing? I'm Oh my gosh, God has been blessing me. I'm too blessed to be stressed. But in all actuality, we are burning inside. It's just like this, this flame is like endlessly and it's, uh, it's burning us. The anger, the rage, the past traumas are eating us like worms. A snake has bitten us, and for the last 18 years, we have been slowly dying. Because we have not cleaned our room. We keep pushing all the traumas under the bed. We keep pushing all the cobwebs and, and all those words and, and, and the B word and, and all this, this negative words that we've been called over our lives. We keep pushing that away. All the cockroaches that are roaming around our room representing false, false friends and false relationships that we just keep around. I know a lot of you won't admit it, but a lot of you have some cockroaches in your life. A lot of you have some cockroaches in your life. Who are those people? The people who, they're negative towards you. You know you're, they're negative towards you. But you're too for afraid to get rid of them. And not only are you too afraid to get rid of them, but it seems like they just never will leave. The cockroaches of our lives, man. And we just think that those things are fine. Absolutely perfect. Actually, I want more of it. The purpose of this episode is not to remind you of your trauma. That's not what this episode is about. The purpose of this episode is not to bring you to the self-awareness that you have people around you that shouldn't be around you. That's not what this episode is about. The purpose of this episode is to encourage you and enrich you to the point and to that pinnacle moment where you decide it's finally time to go downstairs, get a trash bag, 
go back upstairs, open that trash bag, and put things in the trash bag. Fill the trash bag, seal up the trash bag, and throw it outside. Just like we clean our physical, natural room is the same as we clean our mental room. Taking care of our mental is the most important thing. It's absolutely important. If you do not take care of your mental health, nothing else matters at all. Nothing matters. Your work doesn't matter. Your artist's life doesn't matter. Hey, I would venture to say this. Your walk with God doesn't even matter. Because if you're not taking yourself seriously on a mental level, then how are you taking your walk with God and your study of the Bible seriously if you're over here imprisoned by your own mind, struggling with depression, and you're just trying to read the Bible, but you're actually in... in but no, you need... You need to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Lord, show me how to get out of this. Lord, I break the bondage of depression over me right now in the name of Jesus. That's what you need to say. We can't go in through life expecting life to be what we think it is when we do not take care of the trash that we already have. It's bogus. You can't expect to go on in life and hope to build friendships and hope to build connections if you won't even if you won't even challenge that you there's just some darkness in you. And hey, whenever people say that there's some darkness, they get offended. There's no darkness in me. I'm completely fine. No. There's darkness within you. And I'm not saying this to say that there's darkness within you. I'm saying this to say that whoever hears that and it hits them, it applies to you. And now we're going somewhere. I'm going to talk to you. Why is there darkness in you? What, what in life happened for you to hold on to that grudge? What in life happened for you to hold on to whatever you're holding on to? I, I promise you it's not worth it. I promise you you've been holding on to this thing for a long time. Actually, there's been a lot of things in my life that I've held on to. There's been a lot of people in my life that I've held on to. There's been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of depression. There's just been a lot of things I've held on to. And the more that I hold these things, the more that I see myself spiraling. And the more that I see myself spiraling, the more that those things don't become worth it anymore. Because now I'm degrading the path that ultimately I want to be and succeed in, in, in an area. But now as I'm traversing this path, the anger that I'm holding on to... The, the gripe that I'm holding on to, it's, it's not only is it putting obstacles on that path for me to be successful, but it's also just erasing the path altogether and creating another path. And now I'm going through a path of darkness, a path of decay, and I don't even realize it.
Because oftentimes we do not recognize the faults of ourselves until another person brings it up. So this is why I brought up in literally the first couple seconds of this episode. This is why. Remember your parent who who were to absolutely like yell at you to clean your room? Remember that person who that guardian, that uncle, that grandfather, that mother, who that older sibling, whoever you had. Remember that person older than you in life that they would tell you go clean your room because you have disgusting darkness and dirty filth and absolutely stuff in your life that you cannot see actually you operate within it thinking that you are gonna go for greater but you have all these things in your life that are pulling you down it takes somebody who's outside of your position to say go clean your room i can clearly see that there's so much filth in your life that you will die if you don't go clean your room So this is why we often get offended when people tell us things because we're like, I don't have that. My room is clean, bro. I don't have unforgiveness. I forgive everyone. I don't have strife against my brother. We have a lot of things that we swept under the counter. We have a lot of things that we swept under the bed. And it's time to literally take the broom And just put those things in a dustpan. Take that dustpan. Go to the nearest trash dump and just dump it in there. Hey, if you need, like, if you need to push off the edge to go clean your room, I want to ask you this one question. And I want you to really think about this question. Really digest this question. Think about where you want to be in the next five years. You got that? You want to be successful, right? You want to to build a brand. You want to do this. You want to do that. You want to, okay, cool. Whatever. Cool. You want to be married. That's a big one. First of all, I'm happy for you. You have all these plans. You have all these things you want to do. That's great. All right, now let's get practical. Think about the steps that you would actually have to take. Like, this is not a hypothetical. Think about the actual steps that you would have to take to do this. Okay, do this, do this, buy this, purchase this, get a, apply for this. Think about the actual steps you would have to take. So combine those steps with the filth of your room, your mental room, and tell me how successful you would be. And the reason why I say this is because we love to envision our lives. Like, I love to envision the life, the future of me as a podcaster, as a media personnel, as somebody who wants to get their voice out there. I want to be successful in book writing. I want to put out poetry. I want to put out books. I want to do all of this. I just want to be a successful business owner, right? And I have practical steps of how I'm going to do that. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to do this podcast with everything I have and show I'm just going to do this podcast. And this is how I'm going to be successful in the future. And, and for you, you have other steps that this is personal to your success. But I think we isolate the, the, the steps 
of our success story from the filth of our lives, right? So when I was doing podcasting, I had all these dreams, visions. I had all this within me and I wanted to get it out. So I was like, let me start a podcast. I did that. I created steps. I wanted to do this episode on these days. And these. this is how I'm going to produce. This is how I'm going to record this. Everything like that. These are the steps of how I'm going to be successful, right? But in my life, there was filth. There was insecurity. There was this. There was that. And all of that filth, all of those dirty rags, they started to get into my steps of how I'm going to be successful as a podcaster. So slowly, I had to break out of chains. Slowly, I had to clean up my room, my mental room. Slowly, I had to say, this is not going to affect the dreams and visions that I have. So yes, we have a mental roadblock of step-by-step actual things that, that's going to lead us to our success. But sometimes we isolate that list And we do not include it with all the filth that's in our lives. And this is why some people, some younger people, and you know who you are, but you you just have things in your life that you want to do. You, you, You dream about it. You talk about it. You want to do this thing. Whatever it is, you want to do this thing. You want to be successful while doing this thing. But there's so much filth in your life that it's like, I can't do that. And then you feel a sense of, am I worthy enough to uphold this? Am I worthy enough to do this? And the thing about it is the filth of our lives will come back to bite us in the butt later on. And the thing about it is we need to eradicate every negative thought against us. We need to clear up those cobwebs, all those words that were spoken against us and the words that we speak against ourselves every single day. Every day. And the words that we speak against people. There's this passage in the Bible. And this always gets me. It's Matthew 5, and I think it's verse 20 or something around that. But Matthew 5, 21, something around that. It's, it basically says, whoever calls his brother stupid is in danger of hellfire. Actually, let's go to that passage and read it. Because that's a very strong passage for me to misquote or misread. So we're going to read this passage. So yeah, coming from Matthew 5, we're reading from the God's words translation. But any translation holds true because it's God's word. <laughs> no pun intended. But Jesus talks about anger. Matthew five twenty one. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, never murder. Whoever murders will answer it in court. But I can guarantee that whoever is angry with another believer will answer for it in court. Whoever calls another believer an insulting name will answer for it in the highest court. Whoever calls another believer a fool will answer for it in hellfire. Whoever calls another believer a fool will answer for it in hellfire. Yeah. So the reason why this scripture always gets me and the reason why this passage is, it's just, yeah, because we all have, 
we're all placed in that predicament. And you can't say that you're more more holier than thou because you've been in this predicament probably in the last hour, probably in the last day, probably right now as you're listening. You have called somebody a fool. Actually, we can think of so many other creative words to call other people. And that's the thing. The words that were said over you as a child. You are a fool. You are stupid. You are an imbecile. All those words? Yeah, you remember those? God said that who, whomever called you those words, whoever called you those words, are in danger of hellfire. And I'm not just saying this to give you some relief and tell you that your enemies will fall before you. I'm saying this to tell you that watch your words. Because this applies to you. It says whoever calls a believer a fool. You know, we have a, a, yeah, we have a mouth. And we can use it. And here's the thing. This is why I bring this up. Because in our mental room, we're, we're constructing our mental room. We're going through our mental room. All of that. Those cobwebs that we are re- representing as bad words, negative words that are spoken over our lives. We have to realize that there's not just our mental room. There's other people's mental room. Right? So it's not just you. So in that aspect, you might be creating cobwebs in another person's mental room. You might be forming, you might be the spider that's causing these cobwebs in this person's room. You might be the same person calling another person stupid, calling another person idiot, calling another person dumb. We've all done it. And this is why it's so, it's so just, important to watch our words because the thing about it is we can cause people to stumble we can cause people to have that dirty room we can cause people to feel as though they are worthless and that they don't mean anything in this world Yes, we're going through our personal mental room and cleaning us up and getting the trauma out of our lives and all of that. But I want you to understand and I want you to realize that Matthew 5, starting in verse 20, ending verse 22, it it, it specifically says that God will judge on each level of offense the words that we speak. My previous pastor, he used to preach this message all the time. And the word fool, in this context, he would preach it in, in the Hebrew, it means rakah. And I always have this distant memory of just this reoccurring verse popping up in my head. And then him preaching that verse. And then me having this self-awareness moment as he's preaching this verse. And I'm like, Oh, Lord, who have I called stupid or a fool in the last 24 hours? Please, I do not want hellfire, please. And it's very, very important to watch our words. Because, yes, we want to be free. 
Yes, we want to be liberated from our pain. Everyone wants to be liberated from their trauma. Everyone wants to be liberated from the things that, that are on them. But how can we seek liberation when we are creating bondage? How can we be completely free when we are tying the slipknot for another person to jump off the tree and hang there? I'm sorry for getting graphic, but maybe it has to be that way. You remember you becoming free? Okay, then why are you tying the knot for another person? It's like that story in the Bible where the servant had a debt to the king. And, and the servant cried and the servant begged and the servant was on his knees. It was like, king, I can't, I just have mercy on me. And the king had mercy on the servant. But you know what the servant did? The servant ran to the person who owed him. And he said, why haven't you paid me, you peasant fool? Later on, the king found out. And you know what happened to that servant? Oh, horrible things happened to that servant. Because the king forgave him of his debt. So the servant went over and never didn't forgive the other person of their debt. So as you receive freedom and liberty, do not cause another person to be in bondage. If you have sought liberty, if God has shown you mercy, if God has shown you mercy and has liberated you from your depression, has liberated you from your fears, has liberated you from all your bondage, all your trauma, all your stress, all your depression, why would you then go to another human being and say, you are worthless, you are a speck of dust, you have nothing, you owe me something, actually, you are this, you are stupid, you are full, you are a fool, you are all this. Why would you do that? Because then God clearly says in Matthew 5.20, and you, you'll go down those couple of verses, and it ends up by saying, whoever calls a believer a fool shall be in danger of hellfire. God wants to teach us that it's time to be humble. It's time to be humble. We are not we're not all that. You know, in the summertime where there's a lot of ants on, on there's just ants everywhere. There's ants all over the place, right? And you would look at an ant and you would think an ant is pretty worthless, right? And, and I'm going somewhere. Follow me. Trust me. You would think an ant is pretty worthless. You would think an ant is small, tiny. You squish him in a couple of seconds. It's just gone. It's lifeless. It's just out of here, <laughs> right? But then again, when you let that ant do its travels and you just watch it, observe it, follow that ant back to the ant hill, and you'll find an assortment of other ants. And you will see that in community, these ants are the strongest force around them. They have built civilization in their perspective. So. 
Nobody is worthless on this earth. Whether you have called somebody worthless or you yourself has been called worthless. Nobody is worthless on this earth. You think an ant is worthless? Follow it to its anthill. You think that you are worthless? Follow yourself to your purpose. I promise you. You get connected with your purpose, you're a whole nother person. You call somebody worthless, follow that person to their support group. I th- promise you, you're going to have, you're going to leave with a black eye. And the Bible clearly teaches us in this passage in Matthew, that if you call somebody a fool, you are in danger of hellfire. And that goes both ways. The person who has called you a fool are in danger of hellfire. But you yourself, who has called other people a fool, are in danger of hellfire. And why does this all connect to the, to the episode? We are addressing the spider webs. And the spider webs are all the words that were spoken against us, but all the words that we spoke against people. Hey, I want you to know that God, God is real. And as God is, I don't know if you believe this. I don't know. Look, this is a Christian podcast. I, I gotta, I gotta talk about my God. I gotta talk about my Jesus. God is real. And God keeps an account of every idle word we speak. It says that in Ephesians. God keeps an account of every, we will be judged by every idle word we speak. Everything. I will be judged by this word, this word, that word. I will be judged. I would be judged by all of these words. Now, just compare all the words that I'm currently speaking right now, all these words that I'm assimilating in my mouth. Just compare all those words against all the negative words I've said in the past 21 years. Oh my goodness. God has a lot to judge me on. God has a lot to judge you on. I want you to be a little bit self-cognizant of the fact that words have power. And the words that we speak every single day affect not only our lives, but other people's lives. And God is so serious about that, that he says it, that he will record and take an account of every idle word that we speak. That means that this is very important. Do you not realize that the words we speak... The people who we are, the persona that we project into the world, they influence the world and they influence us. Do you not realize that our environments, and this is why we're talking about the mental room, because your mental, it, it, you, you yourself are influenced by it. Right When I was going through my deepest, deepest depression, I was depressed. <laughs> I was down bad. So as I was depressed, my outwardly appearance took that depression on. I was sluggish. I was slow. I didn't care. I, like, I, I carried myself in a way where it wasn't good. And if you look at all these people out here who are struggling with depression, who are struggling with these things, you can look at their lives and it's just... You, you instantly notice that there's something off. That's because we are influenced by environment. So if your room is messy, if your physical room is... Let's just say physically, right? We're just going to take account physically. If your natural room is messy and you live in that filth and you live in that mess, you know over the next couple of weeks, you are going to be like, you're just going to be off. 
You're going to be very aggressive. You're just going to be slow. You're going to be procrastinating a lot of things. You're going to be putting stuff to the side. You're going to be like, you're not going to be eating the healthiest because your room really doesn't look the healthiest. So you're really going to like let life drift. Right? It's the same in your mental space. Yo, it's the same thing. If you have some things in your brain that's just not right and you, you don't seek freedom from those things, you are going to, that's going to reflect in your outwardly appearance. Your, your tongue is going to speak things that are reflective of your mental room. The way that your tongue is, is the way that your mental room is. It's the way that you are inwardly. We need to clean our mental room just as we clean our physical room. You know how confident you are when you wake up to a clean room? You know how confident you are when you wake up to a clean room? And not even a clean room, but you go throughout your day with just just pure thoughts? Maybe you got a fresh haircut. You know how confident you are after that? You are very confident. And the world that we live in, it reflects, it influences us. So that means the spaces that you are in influence you. The friends that you have around you influence you. The hobbies that you take in part influence you. The associates that just there influence you. And this is why when you are in church, you might not like church. You might not believe what they believe. Or you might not agree 100% of the Bible. But this is why when you are in church, you feel, you feel something different. You feel something... It's a weird feeling, right? It's just weird. <laughs> it's just... And that, feel, that feeling is freedom. You know, that feeling is just, it's, it's something that you can't explain and I can't even tell you. Like, when I first went and visited the church that I'm at right now, I walked into that church with complete distrust for spiritual leaders. I completely left field. I just, I borderline hated them. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Because I went through a season that, the environment that I was in, it influenced me. Right? So me coming out of that season, I was like, I don't want church. I borderline hate church, even though hate is a strong word, but I'm going to use it because that's what I felt at the time. I hate church and I just find myself just doing this just because one of my family members said hey tag along i promise you you're gonna love it whatever right don't give up on god I, yeah i get that right cool so i'm at this church and i just look around and all these people around me they just they're looking at me and i i feel uncomfortable and then people come up to me and they're like whoa, 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 what's your name and i'm like my name is so and so and i'm like cool and then we go throughout the day, and I still have this little, little little thought in my head. I don't want to be here. I want to go home. But then I further go throughout that day. And the more that I talk 
with these people, the more that I interact with these people, I can just see the pain. I can just see that fall off of me. I can just see the scales fall off my eyes and be like, oh my gosh, I have stuff in common with these people. There's somebody who is around my age that just talked to me and I'm like, wow. And then as soon as I got entrenched, even though the human interaction was increasing my trust level with them, but over time, the spiritual interaction was cleansing my room, was cleansing my mental room of all the negative things I went through in my past season of church. So even though the, the, the human interaction of people People and like calling out my name and saying how are you or what's your name or even though that was interesting to me, slowly the spiritual their influence is parading all the negativity that's within me and it's cleansing all the cobwebs. It's it's getting rid of all of of the dust bunnies. It's picking up all the dirty laundry, doing the laundry, and then folding them and putting them in drawers properly. It's every second that you are in church, it's cleansing you. Now, let's say it for the opposite direction. If you just came from a negative season and you go straight into a bar, are you being cleansed? No, actually, you're going to find yourself talking to people. Yes, the human interaction is going to help you. Cool, whatever. It helped me in the church situation. But now we're in the opposite effect. We're at a bar. Right? And you're just going to find yourself finding people that's just going to parade you with negative thoughts of their their life and why they're sitting here drinking. <laughs> and then you're going to find yourself spiraling and you're not going to get help. Because pain, it doesn't heal pain. Fire does not put out fire. Trauma does not put out trauma. A broken heart doesn't fix a broken heart. That's the truth. So if you want real change in your life, you want to follow something that's different from the seasons that you've been in. You want to follow something that's going to give you a true shifting in your life. And God is that something. And how do I know God is that something? Because I, through my my life have gone through four suicidal attempts failed and each of those times i think about in my own flesh would i have saved myself in that attempt okay in my own flesh would i have prevented this from happening No. So why am I here today? So if there wasn't a God, I am a living testimony that if there truly was not anything of a God, Yahweh, I am a living testimony 
that I would be dead right now. You would not be hearing my voice on this podcast. This would be over because I went through decay four times. And there's no reason why I should be alive. But the, the, the way that I remedied my trauma is I put my trauma in the hands of a heavenly father, someone who's bigger than me, that could help me traverse and to help me clean my room. Maybe the friends that you have set around you, maybe their rooms are filthy, but you are trusting them to clean your room. They're not going to clean your room. Actually, they're going to clean their room by stuffing all of their trash in your room. And you see it all the time. You keep friends around and then you slowly see that they are actually pulling you down. And they're not helping you not one bit. I just know that there are people around me who don't need to be around me. And I carry myself as such. I just know that I need to get people around me who need to be around me. And I carry myself as such. I just know that I am worth a whole lot and I carry myself as such. I just know that everyone who has called me stupid and idiot is actually in danger of hellfire according to Matthew 5, 20. So I carry myself as such. I also carry myself as such to be careful not to call people stupid and idiot because of Matthew 5. I carry myself as such. I carry myself with the Holy Spirit because I know that God is always watching. I know that God brought me out that trauma. I know that God brought me out that difficult situation. God did that. So the only way for you to clean your room is to let a higher power allow for the healing to take place in your filth. You can search You can search forever for a higher power. You can go to Muhammad for a higher power. You can go to Buddha for a higher power. You can go to the witch doctors for a higher. You can go to the tarot card readers. You can go to all the. You can go all the. You can you can go everywhere. You know you can you can go all because I'm a Christian. Don't mean I want to like force the God on you. No, you can go. But after you find that all those routes are not in favor of you and that you're actually inviting demons into your soul into your spirit that's when you'll recognize that Yahweh is real that's when you recognize that God is your provider that's when you recognize that God is the only person the only being who can clean your room that's what I have For you. You can take it if you want to. But I just... I just want you to understand that it's time to change. The things that you've been going through for the last 7, 6, 5, 8, 9, 10, 11, 20, 50 years. It's not worth going through tomorrow. And it's certainly not worth going through the day that you unfortunately pass away because we're all gonna die death is literally inevitable for each person it's going to happen it's not the matter of when it happens it's a matter of what happens after it happens where are you going 
I'm going to heaven. I believe in my God. He has saved me. He's doing wonders within me. And every single day, I'm going to venture to clean my room to make sure that those cobwebs are not cobwebbing anymore, to make sure that dirty laundry pile is not there anymore, to make sure that my traumas know where they stay, and to make sure that those things don't affect me anymore, and that I'm not in bondage to them anymore. But that is a me decision. That is not a me and you decision. You are hearing me right now, but I can't help you as far as I, I can't. I've decided. Now you have to decide. That's a choice for yourself. And God will lead you through every step of the way. But you have to make the decision to clean your room. You have to make the decision to alter your future from the, the drifting path that you are currently on. You have to make a decision for freedom. It's not the people around you. You can't blame the people around you for you being in desperate. You can't blame the people around you for you being in desperate. You can't blame the people around you for you being in bondage. You can't do that. You are the reason why you are chained up. You are the reason why you are hanging. You are the reason why you, you, you. I'm not guilting you. I'm saying that it's time to take accountability and say, Oh yeah, I'm the reason why my life is drifting. Or I'm the reason why God is not doing all these miraculous things in my life. Because I'm ignoring him and I'm just blatantly not following him. It's time to change. And change can happen at any minute. Once you make the decision for change to happen, it will happen. It's quick. Night and day. But you have to make that decision for yourself. And I can't do it for you. So as we close this episode, I'm going to close in a little bit of a different way. Usually right now, I would, I would stop the episode. I would, I would stop the topic. And I would just invite you to follow the social media and, and, and donate to the platform and all that stuff. And then I would pray out. And we're still going to pray out because I believe prayer works. But I just want you and I to be in a space right now where, look, it's the end of the episode. Not many people get here. So a lot of people were sheared off minute by minute. But it's just you and I right now. And I, I just feel in my heart that I just need to say this. God has you. And whatever situation you are in, God has you. I, I, this is why I believe in God because every situation I've been in Jesus has been there and you might not believe in God you might be a little shaky on God but God led me to say this to you God has you I don't know what that means could mean something to you, could not mean anything to you. You might be on fire, believing for God, Christian, you know, Bible believing, all that, Bible thumper, all of that. You might be filled with the Holy Spirit, everything. But for whoever this applies to, God has you. And with that, let's close the episode in prayer. Lord God, I thank you. 
Lord Jesus, as we are in this season, as you are leading us through this walk, Lord God, I praise you for everything, Lord Jesus. Every thought that's in our head right now, whatever it means, it's voided in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we cleanse our minds right now of anything that we have been thinking, of any, anything of our worth, Lord Jesus. I proclaim that we, we will speak into our lives, life again. And that as we speak, Lord Jesus, you will move and do miraculous things. Lord God, I praise you and I glorify you for every person listening today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the JXW. Hey, I'll see you in the next one. I love y'all. Peace.